0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts. I'm Tim. Hey, and I'm Kevin. So, Kevin, today we're talking about tin foil. Oh, what about tin foil? Well, there's actually a couple of things, but uh, tin foil, otherwise known as aluminium foil, or you might call it aluminium foil. <laughs> aluminium foil, right? That's right. We will get to that question, but. Um, Here's the first one. What's the difference between the shiny side and the dull side of aluminum foil? Are you supposed to cook with one side rather than the other?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a pretty common question. So, as you know, aluminum foil has a shiny side and a matte side. And the shiny side is actually it's produced when the aluminum is rolled during the final pass. But here's the thing it's actually pretty difficult to produce rollers with a gap fine enough to cope with the foil gauge. So what they do then for the final pass is they actually take two sheets and roll them at the same time, kind of doubling the thickness of the gauge at entry um, to the rollers. So kind of imagine two sheets together going through the roller uh, together for that final process of making the aluminum foil. Ah, I see. But then they have
0: to separate them.
1: Yes, yes. And so then when the sheets are separated, uh, the inside surface uh, is dull. And so the outside surface is shiny. And this difference in the finish has kind of led to this weird perception of kind of favoring one side. And maybe it has an effect on cooking or something. Uh, It sounds like you're going to tell us it's a myth. Yeah, yeah, it's just a myth. Uh, There's nothing um, uh, that has an effect on cooking related to two sides. So, you know, certain people believe that uh, the different properties maybe keep heat out when wrapped with the shiny th- finish facing out uh, or keep heat in with the shiny finish facing inwards. The But the actual difference pretty much doesn't really exist. Uh, and if you want to measure it, you know, increased reflectivity um, decreases things like absorption and emission of radiation. And so the reflectivity of the bright aluminum foil is 88%, while the dull embossed foil is about uh, 80%. But the one thing where one the one place where you may find a difference is that some foils uh, may have a non-stick coating applied on only one side, and that that does matter.
0: Okay. Now backing up, why is it that people still call it tin foil rather than aluminum or aluminum foil? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're different. So, tin foil actually came first. Foil made from
1: a thin leaf of tin was pretty much commercially commercially available from the late 19th century into the early 20th century, and so the term tin foil uh, survives in the English language as a term for the actual newer aluminum foil. I see. So, totally different foil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Tin foil is actually um, is actually less malleable than aluminum foil and tends to give a slight tin taste to the food wrapped
0: in it. So that's why no one really uses tin foil these days for wrapping food. I see. I hear the same thing is true of tin cans. They're really steel cans these days. Um, so when did they come up with aluminum foil? <laughs> Good question. So
1: uh, tin was first replaced by aluminum in 1910 when the first aluminum foil rolling plant was opened in a town in Switzerland. The plant owned by J.G. Neher & Sons, the aluminum manufacturers, uh, started all the way in 1886 in Switzerland at the, root, uh, at the foot of Rhine Falls, uh, actually capturing the Falls' energy to process the aluminum. And Neher Sons, uh, together with someone named Dr. Lauber, discovered
0: the endless rolling process and the use of aluminum foil as a protective barrier in 1907. And around this time was when uh, the invention kind of nicely intersected with the food industry. Oh yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a tie in there. So
1: in 1911, there was a burn based company named Tobler that began wrapping its chocolate bars in aluminum foil. Why does that sound familiar? Maybe because uh, they made the unique triangular chocolate bar Toblerone. (laughs) So uh, a year later in 1912, aluminum foil started being used by Maggie, today a Nestle brand, to pack soups and stock cubes. And a year after that, it made its way over to the United States in
0: 1913 for wrapping things like Lifesavers and candy bars and gum. So another question is, why does tin foil make so much noise when you touch it? hmm So tin foil, re- really aluminum foil, uh, is both
1: hard and weak if you think about it. It's a rigid material because aluminum is rigid. This makes it good for making sounds as it can vibrate rather than kind of flopping like other fabric. Uh, however, because it's rolled so thin, it's easy for us to bend it when we want to move it each time you move it,
0: it's like loads of kind of tiny symbols uh, being hit, if you want to think about it that way. Mm. And this is a new thing I learned. Uh, Why is it that tinfoil affects your teeth, nerves so much, if you were to ever put tinfoil in your mouth? Oh, yeah. So tinfoil and dental fillings
1: together kind of make a weak battery. Uh, It's actually got a name. Uh, it's, It's a galvanic reaction. Uh, essentially, you got two different metals combined with an electrolyte solution that creates an electrical current. So aluminum plus metal fillings
0: plus your saliva equals current. You know, that's, it's not recommended to do that. Mm, that that's something new. I, I've never tried it, but it uh, doesn't sound very pleasant. Now, final question, which we said we'd come back to. Why is it aluminum in some parts of the world and uh, aluminum here in North America? It's not just the pronunciation, but it's actually spelled differently.
1: Oh yes, actually, it's gone back and forth a couple of times. But you could pin the difference on two people. The first is Sir Humphrey Davy, who discovered aluminum, but couldn't really make up his mind on the spelling. Uh, he made a bit of a mess of naming this new element. At first, spelling it uh, aluminum back in 1807, and then changing it to aluminum, and then finally settling on al- aluminium <laughs> in 1812. Uh, and his classically educated scientific colleagues actually preferred aluminium right from the start because it had more of a classical ring and went well with the other elements who also's names ended in um, like potassium, sodium, and magnesium, all of which had been named by Davy. And uh, the second person of note is the American lexicographer Noah Webster. In 1928, he exclusively used the aluminum spelling in his American Dictionary of the English Language. And that has kind of stuck here in the
0: United States. Ah, so now we know to blame those two. Thanks, Kevin. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli 5 at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have feedback or suggestions on future topics. As always, thank you to the wonderful community at r slash I'm 5